A bit different of a format with Chris, where I emailed him a series of questions and he was able to respond uh, on his own time. So, with that being said, here we go. Chris on his reflection of last place finish with seven VPs. I think it's safe to say it was a fairly disappointing season. Um, I don't actually know what VPs are, so seven VPs doesn't actually mean anything to me. Couple lessons learned for sure from this season. So uh, in two other leagues, I auto-drafted and won them both. So I'm never actually going to actively draft again. Um, second is not to act, think about setting a lineup and just go by projected points. I, I had a tweener problem at quarterback. I had sort of one and one A. I always kept thinking Carson Wentz was going to outperform Matt Ryan. I should have just stuck with whoever was projected to have more points. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't feel like my team was that bad. I think I had a you know a couple decent picks, but. Um, yeah, I think I I was just kind of got unlucky. Uh, my second round pick was pretty terrible. Um, so, you know, it was a, an overall disappointing season. Um, I'm, I'm generally a little bit disenfranchised with fantasy football overall. Um, so, yeah, I'm not in a good place. On Dalvin Cook over Melvin Gordon. I, I liked Dalvin Cook in the second round at the time. I mean... When you have an offensive coordinator that gets fired halfway through the season on a team that's competing for the playoffs for not getting the ball to your most dangerous weapon, um, that's really out of my individual control. So um, I blame the offensive coordinator from the Minnesota Vikings for that pick. Um, I, I Melvin Gordon, you know, who knows? You didn't know they were going to have such a good season. So. Um, you may question drafting a running back coming off uh, a serious injury. I disagree with that as well. Um, you know, one thing about fantasy football is you can't control the the assholes that are running the team. So uh, he had a nice, nice couple uh, weeks towards the end when I was already out of it. So that felt good. But overall, uh, on paper, I felt comfortable with that pick. On the Josh Gordon experience. Josh Gordon without a shirt is an impressive specimen. That's for sure. Um, but if I drafted all of my fantasy players based on their physiques shirtless, um, eh, I actually might have done better than I did this year, to be honest. So, uh, you know, high risk, high reward uh, pick. I thought the Browns would be better. And then he got cut or traded. But let's be honest, he basically got cut and picked up by um, the Patriots, which I thought was going to be, you know, reincarnation of Brady and, and Randy Moss. Uh, that did not come to fruition. I believe he had maybe one or two weeks in, you know, with 15 or so points. Uh, but yeah, that was a big disappointment. And I just kept starting him. I mean, I honestly didn't have too many other alternatives. Um, my receiving core, I, I lucked out with Woods and then obviously... Julio Jones did what he does, um, but even with that, my third receiver being Mr. Gordon was was a failure for sure. I should have just picked somebody up off the waiver wire. On how many football Sundays he spent at St. Arnold's? This is an interesting question. Um, 
just the last one actually. I, I did go to St. Arnold's, met up with some folks um, during Wildcard Weekend. It was not obviously no fantasy implications at that time. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's dark in the basement. Um, it smells like the fraternity house, which is while nostalgic, um, not something that you know I can talk my wife into doing all that often. Uh, the beer's warm for some reason. Uh, it's interesting when when you ask him. That's just the Belgian style. Um, I've never been to Belgium, but I find that slightly hard to believe. Um, food's good, I will say that, but you know it's it's a little dark and dreary down there. There are no windows. Um, the interesting thing is he has really had nothing to do with St. Arnold's over the last probably year or two. Um, but I, I think there might be some cash flow problems, uh, with, with Mr. one, Mr. Alex Herrigat. He's recently got involved, um, asked to get some of his money out of it. Um, and they've refused to do so. So I think him, uh, promoting the Sunday football, you know, childcare parties in in St. Arnold's uh, is largely to gain favor once again with the ownership group. Um, another interesting thing happened. I guess their general manager dropped dead recently behind the bar, uh, literally. Um, so so Fish has been trying to pester the ownership group to fund some um, some grief counseling for the staff, which. Um, is I think been been a challenge as well and hurting hurting business overall. On Fish's recent mental state after his playoff hopes were destroyed. So yeah, Fish's mental state. Uh, interesting question. Recently, I, I think you know he's hit the six month mark with um, his lovely girlfriend, who's a Lithuanian lawyer. Um, she is actually quite nice and um, not bad to look at, but. You know, it's any time Fish gets to the six-month six mark, it is um, pretty much automatic self-sabotage of that relationship. So uh, that's really what's happening. Now, I think the fact that you are, are likely to be engaged within the next few months as well, which would leave Fish as literally the last bachelor. Uh, I have a number of friends that have been married more than once, uh, and he has not even gotten close. I think that is... Uh, affecting his mental state. He also buys a lot of stuff from Hims. Uh, you can Google it. It is um, sort of male enhancement products. For whatever reason, they can't be delivered to the District of Columbia, so he delivers them to my house. So blue pills, I think some stuff for hair loss, other things. So it is a, a generally sad state of affairs. Uh, he was recently came by my house to pick those up and um, really didn't want to leave. He, he's essentially running a halfway house from his apartment. Um, his his girlfriend's cousin, who's also a Lithuanian immigrant, dropped out of medical school and is uh, sleeping on his couch. So it's a one-bedroom apartment, and he's got um, a 22-year-old depressed Lithuanian sleeping on the couch and uh, a girlfriend he's no longer attracted to. Um, he was commiserating about how she tries to sort of get him aroused and have sex with him. And, and it's not for a uh, lack of inability to get it up. Um, he said he literally just goes into the bathroom and pleasures himself to, to Pornhub uh, instead of actually having sex with the girlfriend that's in his bed. So that generally is a sign of uh, a relationship about to completely implode. 
Um, I think that along with the fact that the cousin won't leave the house uh, or the apartment, I should say, he um, just sat at my house in my basement drinking Tito's and wouldn't leave. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that the, his general mental state is um, not so good. And I think he's also perhaps about to uh, announce his second personal bankruptcy. Um, I know there's some cash flow issues. I, I believe he was uh, without income for a little while while he was trying to be confirmed for the next job. Um, and he generally doesn't save any money, spends lavishly, um, so and has a, a, a $1,200 a month lease on his Jaguar, which was based on his um, 575 credit score. So in general, I think those are all weighing on him, and um, I'm concerned. Memories from Fish Rushing Sigma Chi. The funny thing is I actually don't remember Fish Rushing Sigma Chi. Um, I was not involved at all. Um, I, I've heard the stories. I, I do remember some of the people that were selected over him, though. We, um, we selected two fat guys, one named Sasha uh, and one named, I don't even remember, to be honest. We called him Bear. Uh, we, just for the mere fact that we wanted to have two fat guys wrestle shirtless. Um, so, yeah. And I remember a number of other people, I think, Phil, of of Phil in Ead fame, I remember him um, getting so hammered during Rush that he vomited everywhere in the bathroom and was running around with his pants around his ankles. So he also got selected ahead of Fish. Um, yeah, so and uh, there were um, a number of others too that didn't quite make it. So he clearly made a good impression. I, perhaps it was the braces. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe the flowered shirts. But yeah, I don't remember exactly. But you know, in hindsight, I think he probably could have, should have gone with the SAE bid after all. And finally, some last remarks. So I was very excited to do this podcast because I, I intended to use this forum to officially announce my retirement. It's been a number of good years, um, but I'm just no longer good at fantasy, nor do I have the love of the game anymore. Uh, my wife, Jay, said I am not allowed to retire. Uh, I think she's a little worried I retired from softball recently um, and other things that would generally keep me keep me young and engaged with my friends. So she said I can't, but I will instead use this opportunity to put the Campbell franchise up for sale. Uh, I would be happy to, to hand it over to the highest bidder, call Panit, put out an APV for Pete McManus, Sean O'Leary's running around here somewhere. Um, I'm sure there are other people that got bids ahead of fish that would also be interested. Uh, yes, please. I, I would love for somebody to take this burden off of my hands. Um, so let me know, and I look forward to no longer participating in this league.